0: Okay, um, welcome everybody to our May Peet Collaborative. Um, hard to believe we are one year in and we're excited um, to see you all here today and to celebrate a year of the Pete Collaborative um, and um, see how we can form a collective vision for going forward. Um, we are going to start right now, obviously, it's four o'clock Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time. Um, And if you can, if you haven't already, please introduce yourself, your name and your institution in the chat. Um, I know some people probably already introduced themselves um, and you won't see those if you just got on. Um, If you would like to contribute to the discussion, um, please raise your hand. This feature can be found by hovering over your name um, in the participant section and when you are called upon by a moderator to contribute, Um, please unmute or you'll be asked to unmute. And then um, once you're finished speaking, if you can unmute yourself, that would be great. That will just help the meeting flow. Um, Please also be understanding that there are many people um, in this meeting and that you may not get an opportunity to contribute. So please feel free to use the chat as appropriate throughout for side conversations. And when and if you are called on to um, contribute, please be concise. Please be respectful of the ideas and opinions shared during this meeting. Um, Always assume positive intent. We are definitely in this together. Um, This goes for the chat room as well. And as the note on the bottom says, we really ask that everyone bear in mind the sense of community that we have striven to develop through the PEED collaborative. Um, We really hope that we are able to discuss all topics including problems and challenges um, through the lens of opportunity and growth. So with that, um, also this meeting, this uh, session is being recorded um, and the audio will be made available um, in a podcast, um, which I'm sure Risto will put the link into at some point during the chat or during the meeting. So with that, I'm going to pass it over to my colleague Chad to get us started.
1: Thanks, Jamie. And thanks, y'all, for joining us. Uh, it's, It's great to see you again after our conference hiatus. Um, So part of what makes the community strong and healthy um, is is having a clear purpose and its ability to constructively reflect on how it can better meet the needs um, of its members, which is the objective of our meeting today. Um, We also think it's important to pause and celebrate the collective accomplishments and contribution of our members. Um, So before we jump into our conversation, we wanted to take a couple of minutes to kind of look back on this past year and recognize how our community came together at a time of critical need um, and evolved into what it is today. So first of all, thanks to everyone who participated in these calls. Um, Even if you're not here today, thanks for listening on the podcast. Um, You are the PEAK Collaborative. We are the PEAK Collaborative. Um, Over the past year, we've shared about lessons we've learned teaching in very new contexts for many of us and through distance modalities, Um, We try to support best practices. We've discussed issues uh, related to the future of our field um, and came together to begin some difficult and necessary conversations. Um, Call attendance has ranged from 50 to 153 people, um, and we've averaged 90 participants across uh, the 11 previous calls, um, which incidentally represents around 10% of the PEAT faculty community. So so that's kind kind of awesome to look back on. Um, your contributions for most calls are summarized in the PEAK Collaborative blog, which we could post a link to. Um, that's been read 1,200 times um, in total. As Jamie mentioned, each call is recorded and posted as an episode of the Playing with Research and Health and PE podcast, um, and these episodes have been downloaded nearly 6,000 times. Um, many of you have also contributed thought-provoking articles, uh, input valuable online teaching tools, and shared useful resources for teaching and learning on the PEAT Collaborative website, um, which may be dropped in the chat as well. So we really wanted to thank everyone who who contributed in that way. um, And also everyone who sort of suggested topics um, via email or helped develop the format of some of the calls um, that we've had. We appreciate all of you who contribute on camera or just listen. Um, We appreciate the panelists and the discussants who sort of led um, some of the calls and, and we just wanna thank you uh, for your time and effort supporting the development of this community. Uh, these accomplishments were achieved during a pretty hectic year. Um, and they really do point to the potential of our field to come together and make efforts to grapple, to evolve and to innovate together. Um, we really think this past year is only the beginning of this collaborative um, and its potential is a space for all voices in our field um, all perspectives to be heard. Um, so that's really what our conversation is about today. Um, we want to have uh, sort of focus on three specific prompts or discussion points. Um, so the first is going to be, you know, what has the value of the PEAT collaborative been thus far? Uh, you know, what are the things that worked in your minds? What are some things that you've appreciated? Um, the next thing we want to discuss is what can be done to make our gatherings more fruitful. Um, you know, things that could be better. Um, ideas for improvement or optimization, um, and then the last part uh, we want to focus on developing a collective vision for the future of this collaborative. What might it look like? What what are uh, you know What are the paths forward um, for these monthly uh, calls? So we just want to start and and just ask anybody on the call to to share you know what has the value of the PEAK collaborative been uh, for you this past year? Um, what purpose do you think it's achieved uh, to date? So feel free to you know raise your hand. We can unmute you and, and just um, reflect back on on the value and the, and the positive things um, that you found through these gatherings.
2: Well, I'll go first. My name's Casey O'Neill. I am one of the P uh, collaborative members, but I think a lot may a lot of you may agree. I go to you know my yearly state conference and national conferences, and I feel like when I step away. I lose touch sometimes with the community, and I feel like this has been a great check-in for me, month to month. And I've attended almost all of them, and I just like that little check-in with, you know, peers and colleagues, hearing about you know best practices and, and what they're doing. So for me, it was a it's it was a great little monthly recalibration.
0: I can also add to that while we're waiting for others to um, join in. Um, I you know I think for me it's been great to actually see people's um, faces with names. I think at sometimes at conferences, when you're going up and you're trying to awkwardly read name badges and things like that, um, it's hard to kind of remember sometimes like who everybody is that you meet and things. And so it's been really nice to see all of your faces um, along with people's names, um, similar um, to what Kason was saying too, just kind of as a sort of monthly check-in and a a time to kind of come together. But um, that's been really nice for me, not having to awkwardly read conference badges um, for people's names um, as we
3: as we convene. I am just thinking back to last summer, or I guess late spring when this collaborative started and how I was feeling at that time with uh, the onset of COVID and all the emotions attached with that. And just what a welcome um, addition to my professional life this was. And I just really want to, uh, you know, say a big thanks to those of you who who got this up and running, and and uh, to everyone who's contributed in different ways, and to all the participants who've kept it going and uh, have been so enthusiastic along the way. I just can't imagine having gone through this last year without this uh, this welcome addition to uh, just to my my day to day existence in this same space here um, for so many months. And uh, even with you know not being able to go to conferences and everything. I think it was just a, a chance to, to know that this community was still finding other ways to thrive and to, to move forward. It was really um, just nice to be a part of that and I'm grateful for it.
4: Hi, um, I'm Dr. Jane Chagas out at the University of Wyoming and I'm, I'm actually retiring this year. I've attended, I think, almost every one of these this year and I, th- I I ditto everything all of you said. A Great way to connect, particularly under time of stress. Um, going to conferences is wonderful. We all love it. We get to see each other. I think what this has done has, has allowed us, you, us, to be more agile, to, you know, when you have a conference, it, you're planning it a year ahead of time and who knows what our needs are a year ahead of time i think about this year our needs changed on a day to day sometimes on a moment by moment basis and so what what you folks putting this together has allowed has allowed you to deal with the problems as they arise quickly within a month, put something very important together. And um, that's, that's one of the additional things in addition to everything else that you have said.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jane. And we, we've really tried to, to, to make sure that we you know, stay tuned to, to the needs of the community for sure. Um, and you know, a good example of that was sort of how we came together to discuss uh, the situation regarding George Floyd and police violence and anti-racism. Um, last summer, um, and so thanks for sharing uh, your comments. Elizabeth, I think you can yeah, unmute thanks. now.
5: Yeah, thanks. Um, my situation is that I am one of two Pete um, professors at my university and the other is not as highly motivated. Um, And so it is hard to collaborate. It is hard to get feedback. And this has just been a space where I've been able to share ideas and people have told me that sounds great. Or have you thought about doing it this way and also get other ideas. And so for those of us who are professors of one or two at smaller universities. Um, This has just been like a lifeline. I lived for conferences to be able to get that feedback and the collaboration. And so to have this available has just been incredible to um, really get to have other ideas and to work together.
1: Thanks, Elizabeth. And, And, you know, to kind of extend that, some of the things that we can think about as a group is how we can optimize, you know, the resource website, if that, if that happens to be something that's beneficial for people or you know how we might be able to use social media, connect between meetings and so forth, just to kind of continue the, the sharing, um, I think. So um, thanks for your comments. Others, what have you appreciated about um, you know, the gatherings? What has been useful to you and your practice or just in general? Bob dropping some socialization knowledge on us. Yeah, interesting perspective in terms of being socialized by colleagues and how it sort of changes from user- university centered to the broader peak community. Um, certainly, wonderful hearing what's going on at other universities. It's made me uh, uh, think, especially as a new faculty, about ways to to better prepare my students, ways to be better colleagues. We're all seeing community in action, and it's certainly motivating to me. Um, to, to find ways to serve and, and, and contribute. And Kason points out the discussion about standards revision. That was, that was an interesting one for me as well. Um, just all the diverse perspectives. Um, and, you know, we've, we've hit on some pretty uh, intense and, and important conversations that, you know, have a potential for some disagreement. Um, but one of the things that I think is awesome about our calls thus far is everybody maintaining a constructive attitude um, we're all sort of in this together, like Jamie said, um, and we're really showing that we can come together and debate a little bit, um, talk about important topics and and move our practice forward and, and you know, maybe the field as well.
6: Chad, yeah, that's a really good point. So some of you responded to the survey that came along with the invitation last week and that the invitation reminder earlier this week. Some of the responses that came in that haven't really been touched on just yet allude to um, this notion of being able to hear what's going on in other programs um, across the span of type of institution. Um, and to really recognize that this notion, Colin mentioned earlier, but we're kind of all in it together. We are doing a very similar work across all institution um, type and when we're training future teachers. And one of the comments in the, in the from the survey said that insights into how others are educating challenging and supporting our Peat students and building programs across the country. And I think that that um, like Elizabeth said, when if you're a singleton, if you are a program of one or two, sometimes it can be very lonely and very, you know, am I doing am I doing what needs to be done? And this community has provided that validation um, and that affirmation for some of us when we kind of feel like wheels are spinning. Or if our wheels are spinning, there's an idea that drops in the chat or from a panelist um, that either affirms or challenges us to move on to the next idea. So um, I think we're gonna drop the survey in again, probably into the chat. So if you want to respond there as well, what's neat about the survey is that it is a Google survey It's designed purely for this purpose to generate conversation. And if you, sit, if you submit and click um, submit to your survey, you get to see what everyone else had said. So it's just transparent. It's there for feedback for continued um, growth and improvement of the collaborative.
1: Yeah. So if you haven't uh, participated in that, the link was in the email. It's in the chat here. And, and you know, uh, depending on your comfort level of sharing, you know, on screen or whatever, you can, you can still provide feedback within the survey and, you and, um, our full intention is to use all of this and sort of create a collective future for this. Uh, whatever that might look like, we want it to be a collaborative uh, and collective effort. So any comments that you can provide in the survey are certainly helpful. Any other uh, comments related to what you've appreciated about the meetings, what's been useful and practical for you? Hi, um, yeah, uh, my name is Chris Merrick. I'm a PhD student here at U of I, and um, it's been nice being a doctoral student and getting to know a lot of the uh, professors in the in the field, and just kind of getting an idea of kind of we're all in this together, and um, that collaboration piece has really been been kind of cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, we certainly want this to be a welcoming space, you know, socializing space um, for new faculty, for grad students, like Bob mentioned, um, and so thanks for uh, being a part of it. Invite your friends. So, if there are no uh, no more comments you know you can feel free to use the chat um, if something pops to mind but um, thanks everybody for sharing your perspectives we'll kind of jump over to Jen um, and talk about things that we we might want to see in the future things to make it better
7: great Uh, thanks Chad Um, so thanks so much everyone for your input so far Um, you know here and on the survey Um, And given their participation over the last year and even today, it's clearly been a valuable resource for many of us. Um, While it's been a positive for most of us over the year, we know there's likely room for improvement. Um, And as Chad said earlier, optimization, I like that term. Um, As you know, there really wasn't a formal agenda to the PEAK Collaborative in the beginning, and it varied in terms of how it was delivered over the year. Um, We'd really like to take some time now to learn what suggestion you you have to improve the PEAK Collaborative, Um, specifically what would you have done differently, and how could it have been more valuable to you in terms of format, topics, panelists, participant engagement, or any other aspects you can think of. Um, So I'll just kind of open it up, and we would love to hear from you. Um, You know, in hindsight, what would you have done differently or what, um, what suggestions would you have for, you know, doing things differently? And I, we will in the the next part, um, talk about kind of vision for the future, but right now I think we want to focus on, you know, what, what could you have, what would you suggest for, um, improvement? So I'll just open it up, um, to anybody who wants to share and feel free to, drop it in the chat or, um, you know, you can raise your hand just like in the beginning. Um, I'll start, I guess, by sharing a couple of the ideas that came out in the survey um, that I thought were really interesting. Um, One of them was to someone wanted to hear from a greater scope of PEAT faculty um, from different types of institutions, um, you know, big colleges, small colleges, um, research universities, uh, liberal arts colleges. Um, so I agree. And that's actually kind of going back to the, the, the first topic today. Um, one of the things that I like about this is that everyone who's in Pete is, is here and can share. And, you know, you don't need to be a world renowned, you know, researcher or anything like that to share your really, really good ideas. But I agree, I think it'd be great to hear from more people from um, different um, and more diverse um, institutions and areas and backgrounds and things like that. So that's a great suggestion. Um, Anyone? Oh, I see. Uh, Philip, you can go ahead and unmute.
3: Uh, Hi, everyone. Um, One of the things that I've been using more and more over the last few years is the is self-study. And I see this group as being a really interesting opportunity for faculty to get together to work on common problems. Not everybody on the same problems, but to have subgroups that might just meet regularly rather than a one-shot approach, but to engage in you know, systematic changes to their programs or conversations about their challenges and their programs new faculty or grad students. I, I, that seems to me to be something um, that is different than just the one-shot uh, week, uh, monthly presentation, something that would be sustained. Um, I, I hate the term community of practice, but it's a really good description of what we're talking about. Um, just a thought.
7: That's a great idea, thank you so much. You gonna have any other ideas you'd like to share?
1: One of one of the things that we've kind of been discussing, and obviously there's a lot to it, but you know, leveraging the newsletter or the email uh, for uh, you know calls for study, self study, or if there's interest in getting a group together, providing that sort of um, venue for announcements like that. So you know, there's obviously logistics and effort that goes into that, but you know, if we can think of a way to to leverage. You know, the monthly peak collaborative email it might be a place where you can, invite, you know, send an invitation uh, to people that might be interested in doing self-study, for example. Um, so we're really trying to think about ways uh, and hear ways that we can be nimble, like Jane said, and and get together on more regular meetings for for specific interests, um, like Phil said. So, um as you're thinking about ways to improve, try not to be limited to what's in front of us. Think, you know, we want, we want to hear big ideas, big possibilities and, and, you know, come up with the best possible way to, to leverage this community and this, um, you know, what it has to offer.
7: I know there was, uh, there were a few comments um, regarding, you know, just the challenges that people had with it, with um, not being able to attend because of the day and time, just kind of fit in, it was conflicting with, schedules, so that's something that we um, could consider for the future, maybe varying those. Um, um, You know, I I think, when I think about the format, you know, our format varied throughout depending on what we're doing. Um, There are many times when we tried to be a little bit more structured and have specific panelists talk about specific things, where other times, like this one, it's kind of open. Um, You know, we'd love to hear, you know, was there one format that you liked better than another? Um, or did you like the variety? Um, I guess those are other things to consider. Okay, I think with that said, we'll move on. Um, Emily, do you want to take us to the next to the next uh, and our final topic? Hey, Jen, and thanks everyone. So this is perhaps
6: because of the format of this being so, um, open and and asking folks to put in the chat or unmute and in maybe on the fly thinking back across the last 12 months. And some of us have been here for all 12. Some of us have been here for maybe this is your first one. And if it is, this is a little bit unconventional from how the other meetings have been. So we appreciate you being here, because by you being here, um, we hope will help shape um, the future of this PEAK Collaborative. And um, from a global perspective, how our community communicates and collaborates together in the future. Um, this next session or section here is, is sort of a spinoff from where Jen was uh, going with what maybe didn't work as well as you might have thought, um, and what might we have done differently in the past, transitioning to what could this look like in the future? Um, Phil's idea about perhaps more clustered self-study groups that really drill down uh, was, as Chad mentioned, kind of a a hopeful organic um, result of this, that by meeting and seeing people, faces, names of individuals who we hadn't interacted with before because we perhaps stay in our own lane based on the groups of people that we know at conferences, this has opened up my perspective to so many new colleagues across the country that um, have similar interests, perhaps divergent views, but um, opportunities for us to grow and learn from one another. So the question is, um, if we are collectively a community of PEAT faculty members in higher education, um, future PEAT faculty members that is, Um, doctoral students and uh, Dr. Metzler mentioned in the chat, perhaps, and we have had great K-12 partners join us in other collaboratives. Where do we drive forward together? What type of collective vision might we desire from this group? Is this an idea sharing space? Is this a research generating space? Is this an an opportunity for us to connect and um, recognize Um, our similarities and push through some of those differences to move our field forward? And if so, who leads it? And what is the structure? And what is the format? And how do we make sure that we have diverse voices, perspectives, people, um, and an environment that is safe for all of us to agree and disagree and move us forward? So, We're seeking vision, right? Uh, What what do you need that you haven't had yet before that you've seen here, but could uh, move the needle even further? Um, What what types of things, um, what path forward um, could the PEAK Collaborative look like and be for you and for us together? Some of the survey responses talked about specific topics. Some of the survey responses um, so far have come in and talked about different types of formats. Um, and some of the survey responses really talked about connection and network and kind of socializing and growing together. So if you've had any ideas, you'd like to share, go ahead and raise your hand or jump on in. Uh, thanks for volunteering, go ahead and un- unmute.
1: Yeah. So moving forward, I think one of the the benefits that we're hearing is that it's responsive and informal and this move to try to figure out how to move forward sometimes can mean formal and structured. And so I guess, again, this goes back to a, maybe not what you're asking. You want to see what should we do? I'm saying cautioning us, you know, we don't want to lose that value that it already has, that it is informal and that we do feel comfortable sharing diverse perspectives and um, where we're coming from, et cetera. So yeah, I, I would hate to lose that um, relaxed feel that we have that we could just jump on and, and chat. Uh, so I'd hate to lose that by giving it more structural and making it more formal.
6: Mm, good perspective. Thanks, Bob. Uh, Kim, go ahead, unmute.
4: Thanks, I hope you can hear me, I'm in the car, but um, one of the things, this is a little out there, but when we were talking about um, collectedness and thinking about things, something we might could do, um, you know, collective impact is really powerful, and if we could have some common ground on some things that could move our uh, profession forward, even for our K-12 folks, or to, you know, increase increasing recruitment, or bring awareness to our program, or something to that effect, you know, then maybe that could be something collectively we could, you know, work on uh, somehow, but, or just have more discussion about some kind of a project
6: of um, collective impact. Good, and Kim, that sort of kind of draws in a little bit to what Phil was saying earlier, maybe perhaps identifying some key areas that uh, the collective, either in small groups or across the year would really dr- drill into to yeah, and dive into and allow that common space for people to talk through from different perspectives and get it out there so we can come to a common space. Great. Thank you for sharing.
5: Um, another thought that I had is, um, you know, we've covered some great topics. For example, I loved it when we had the discussion about EDI stuff and how to really incorporate that. And I think a nice follow up that to that would have been um, faculty from similar style universities getting together in a Zoom room to talk about, well, how can we integrate this? You know? I teach pretty much five classes every semester, so I have a lot of control over all the content of my program. So I have a little bit more freedom in saying, well, I'm gonna do a little bit in this class and a little bit in this class. Whereas other professors who only teach two classes a semester and don't have as much freedom, you know, they would approach it differently. And so maybe sometimes getting in some similar style university groups to talk about how we actually plan to apply some of the things that the panelists have talked about.
6: Elizabeth that sounds like some active learning right so a yeah. conversation and then either in the next collaborative or the same breakout groups for smaller conversations would it be just to kind of clarify could you see it valuable a month later or would it be valuable within that moment where you were just hearing the information or maybe being just newly exposed to it
5: i think some kind of discussion when it's fresh on your mind is good but it could definitely be a follow up later. And I'm not saying there's not value in also talking to people from different style universities as well. And I think that's very valuable, but when we get down to kind of the nitty gritty of how we're going to implement this, it really does depend on the style of your program and the expectations that are on you.
7: Some of those
6: universities and faculty who have similar constraints, uh, Mm -hmm. that they're up against, Um, yeah, that's, uh, I really like that. And we, some folks talked a little bit about the ways to improve being, uh, perhaps there wasn't some tangible takeaways after every session. Maybe it w- maybe it gave people opportunities to think differently, but as far as what am I actually gonna do? How can this impact my program? How's it going to influence my practice? Um, that, that feedback has come. So perhaps some smaller, um, Breakout rooms or conversations, more intimate conversations would allow for more takeaways. Great idea. Thanks.
1: I think that's definitely, just to jump in real quick, I think that's definitely something to consider in sort of an official uh, capacity. Like, how can we notify people of this? One of the things to mention, though, and I think uh, depending on personality and comfort level, I think we want to reinforce it's safe to like say things in the chat. Like if you have this idea and you want to get together with people and this is sort of the only time that you have sort of access to, you know, 50, 75 people that you want to invite, I think it's safe to say that you should do that in the chat. Um, Feel free to throw an announcement out there. Maybe I'm, you know, um, you can be proactive. We we, we are a community. I think we've seen that we're all very willing to support each other and so, if it hasn't crossed your mind before, I think um, I think the chat is open for those types of invitations, and you know you can always transition to a private chat if people are interested or something like that. But um, just wanted to throw that out there.
6: Thanks, Chad. Hey, Kate, Kate. I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you to unmute unless you're comfortable. But you had a really great observation in the in the chat about kind of distributing or promoting inclusivity by having. More voices at the table, um, and she mentions in there kind of that that notion that there's that extra it's, it's kind of like that extra service to convene the group and um, organize a monthly meeting and whether it's a, being a panelist or kind of co-hosting the session. Um, what are people's thoughts, Kate? Feel free to un. If you have more that you'd like to share, please um, please unmute and do so. How else? Uh, might we ensure that there is representation of our faculty and our students and the K-12 learners in this space so that we can talk through issues um, from different perspectives and different lenses?
8: Open question. I'm, I'm happy to chime in. I was responding to Kason's um, point up above, and I just thought it was a good thing. And I want to say thank you all so much for what you're doing. And um, I, I know it's probably something you really enjoy doing, but it's certainly an extra workload. And I don't know anyone who has time to take on anything extra. So I just really appreciate that from all of you. And um, I think the invite you're asking or talking about these things kind of promotes that inclusivity of people can step in if they want. And I feel like all of us here, I know, as I hear that, I think, oh, maybe this person would be really interested and I could pass that along as well. And I think us all being channels. I mean, if we're 50 people here, how many other people can we contact that maybe hadn't made it or couldn't make it today? So I appreciate the openness of it. And I think you all being open and then having the variety of topics you are already does a lot for inclusivity and welcoming. So
2: thank you. you. Thanks. Thanks, Kate. Um, To piggyback that point, I think mm -hmm. others will agree with me. I sometimes find myself in the limbo. You know, am I, am I more a researcher? Am I more a practitioner? And I think this really has helped as she talked about inclusive, um, as Kay talked about an inclusive, right? I feel like it did. someone else mentioned, it brings the walls down and I'm seeing faces that I might not have approached at shape or whatever. And that's really been helpful for me just individually. I, you know, I feel like puts us more on an equal playing field. We see these people that publish, 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 but there's really good teachers. And I think we're hearing from both in this. And that's, that's my favorite part.
6: Bob Knight mentioned about being careful to not over formalize something, right? Because then you lose the community feel perhaps, or you could, uh, if you if it got too structured, um, The group that has organized the collaboratives um, come from different institutions across different um, backgrounds, levels of uh, stages of career. And as Jane said, there's been some like planned topics that we've garbaged because we needed to address some really critical uh, issues that were going on in our field or in society that were impacting all of us. Um, when I say garbage, they were great topics. We just—it was in the moment, sort of a a, a change. What type of um, instead of it just being like an organizing group coming up with topics to talk through, uh, is it would it be valuable to have some sort of a system to feed in ideas to? You know, there's some really really good things coming in the in the chat right now as far as topics. Is it a uh, every quarter an email survey that goes out to ask folks what's relevant to them? Is it a uh, bi-monthly like survey that asks, you know, here, go ahead and submit an idea or to this portal. And and then that from there generates some panelists or ideas on how to um, talk through that. What might be some uh, reasonable and sustainable ways to continue to generate topics of conversation that are valuable to you. Bob says wits and wagers approach. People submit their ideas and vote on what they like best. Cool idea, figuring out how many emails we want to send out and field. I don't know how many of you have email inboxes that are over the 500 unread, but (laughs) um, that's a good idea. Yeah, thinking about how we can uh, solicit those ideas because it really should be voices or things that are relevant. Um, And then also um, being able to um, ask ask panelists that perhaps um, maybe it's that network or that connection like Kate mentioned is, um, I think of someone who also has a really great expertise or, or know how in this area, and they would be a really great person to share that insider perspective.
3: Uh, I wish I had a, uh, a specific suggestion, but I just had a kind of broader thought. And, um, you know, since the collaborative was kind of born out of a crisis situation, um, I wonder what, may, you know, one of the things I think that makes it kind of hard to plan or be planful at this stage is um, looking forward what, you know, when, when you're, if, if we get returned to a situation where we don't feel like we're so much in a state of crisis and urgency and, uh, you know, we feel like, the skills that we once had could be reapplied to our lives again. Um, what, you know, what will the need be then? Um, I, I ask myself, why hasn't something like this emerged prior to COVID? And, um, you know, so if there's, you know, being hopeful that, you know, at some point soon we can kind of be in a post-COVID or something like it, um, you know, what will the need be then for something like this? Will Will our uh, previous lives kind of, you know, get in the way, or you know, what what will be kind of the most urgent business for us to attend to as a large group of professionals that can, um, you know, help each other out the way that we've really felt the need to do over the last year? So that's not helpful, but uh, I, I think just part of the planning process has to consider, you know, what um, what it is that sustains a community like this in times where, you know, it's post-pandemic or there's not such a uh, an urgency across the entire profession for ideas about what to do next or what do we do now. And I, I, do, I certainly don't mean that to say that something like this should not continue. I am very much an advocate for this collaborative and I do hope that it continues and that it thrives and we'll do everything I can to certainly contribute to it.
6: Colin, you bring up a really good point and something that in conversation we've had is, you know, the collaborative will persist as so long as the community wants to engage in this digital platform. Um, The conversation earlier talked about coming perhaps in that um, back to a face-to-face or a physical conference setting where there's spontaneity and there's more networking face-to-face and, you know, chances are that will come back into the norm at, at some point. And will people feel fatigued with virtual dialogue or virtual conversation? So, um, you know, is there a combination here, kind of this hybrid format, if you would, where maybe the collaborative uh, at some point uh, has a very informal physical connection meeting, space or place, but yet continues on a regular in this online virtual setting? Is that something that would be an appeal to people or would that, um, or would it not, right? Is there a need for both a face-to-face and a virtual format? Um, and if so, could that be valuable? What might it look like?
2: I just, I think it would be tough, Emily, to have the the face-to-face a little bit. I mean, how many times have you sat in a room with 37 Pete and we all had the chance to talk, you know, Pete faculty. And, and I don't know, I'm just, keeping the conversation going here, but I think it would be hard. I think we have something really good here, regardless who's in charge. I think once a month is still good. And I don't know how we would address that in a in a face-to-face manner.
6: When you said somebody when uh Kayson, something you said is interesting. I just want to kind of like drill into it for a second. Um, you mentioned kind of like who is in charge or who might be leading, which is which is an interesting idea here. The survey feedback has come that has provided insight that people across all stages of career and type of institution have felt welcomed, have felt safe, have felt like they could speak up either by raising their hand and, and verbally sharing their idea or in the chat. And perhaps what I'm hearing you saying, Kacen, is if we were to be in a physical space, perhaps that sense of dialogue or that feeling of my voice is I have time to share it, and my voice might be valued, might be limited, um, if it were in a physical space. Did I in? Am I putting that? Am I interpreting too much there? So how might that kind of leads to this? Maybe this last ask, and then we can kind of wrap up, unless there generates more conversation around it. How do we continue to facilitate that type of space, that climate and culture where voice and agency continues to be valued? Um, and um, both in who's sharing information, who's asking questions and um, coming alongside one another to support uh, everyone along the way. Jane, go ahead and share. Thanks so much.
4: Okay. Emily, you're, you moved too fast for me because now I want to go way back to something Colin said. Uh, and he talked about, you know, what precipitated this group in this format. well, it was COVID. Um, and I you know, as we think historically about how these big things impact us both personally and professionally, and what comes to mind is 911, uh, pre-911 travel versus post911 travel and all of the things that go along with that. Sometimes we're quick to see the negatives that can come from a huge um, historic event like COVID. What you folks have provided is the opportunity to look at something that really, really positive came from um, COVID. Um, and I I think this that what what you have created here is something that can and will and hopefully carry on in addition to face to face meetings um, because they serve two different purposes the the purpose that this this served. Was dealing with problems as they're arising. The purpose that a face to face is, uh, you know, and I think about the, the PEAT um, conferences and of course SHAPE and ISEP and all of those, where we come together and really spend time together talking and, cre- and creating and thinking and um, I mean, it's and socializing as well. Let's not forget that socializing business because it's important. Um, but the, you know, like I think of the the Black Lives Matter and the and the what Jared Russell and his crew put together, that was that was amazing. And now and now I'm thinking, you know, we've <laughs> we in our profession directly or indirectly now. You know, we need to be agile for dealing with this transgender issue that is really coming to the forefront. Most of us have been thinking about that for several years now, but um, you know, maybe maybe it, this is something that now we can we can talk about that. So, uh, I think of this as not taking the place of anything else but as being a really positive outcome of COVID. And heaven knows there have been few positive outcomes of COVID. This is one, and I hope you hang on to it. I love that. Jane, thank you so much for sharing and kind of cycling us back a little bit and
6: making sure that those points were made. That's really important. Thank you so much. Any other thoughts? Either that came from uh, Jane or about how we continue to facilitate a climate and culture of um, that promotes agency and voice and affirmation um, and allows us to ask those questions that maybe we think are silly, but truly we're not the only ones thinking them. All right, Chad, I'm going to send it over to you to wrap us up and talk us about some next steps and what things people can look forward to. At the start of the next academic year.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Um, we really appreciate you all for attending this sort of open conversation. Um, you know, things like a monthly meeting of professionals aren't necessarily unique. We sort of looked to NoPrin um, and some other monthly meetings from public health as as a model, but. We, at the start, we were very intentional about wanting to maintain inclusivity. We wanted this to be more than just the organizing group, so to speak. Um, this, is, this is a venue and a space for our community. Um, and so conver- conversations like this um, are really valuable um, to make sure that we keep doing the things that have been helpful for the last year and change the things that might not be helpful. Um, so, you know, big picture here is like, we are the peak collaborative, all of us. And if you have a suggestion, if you have, um, an idea for a topic, like we've seen a few in the chat, if we, if you have, you know, if you're willing to share something awesome that's happening in your university or, you know, in your community, like, please tell us, (laughs) reach out, uh, emails are on online um, social media, whatever it is through the chat at one of these meetings, we want to hear from you. We want this to be, um, our space. Um, and so today and the, the responses in the surveys, um, you know, affirm some of the things that, that we tried to make happen. Um, the things that we tried to promote, um, we've got good suggestions for moving forward. And so, you know, we're thankful for that input and, and, and we're hearing that this has been valuable, um, for a lot of you and and we do intend to kind of continue on um so with that said it has been a very hectic year and so we're going to take a summer hiatus that all of us deserve um every one of us here and we'll come back in august um with with sort of a start of school session barring any unforeseen uh, events that would warrant conversation um together so um Again, if you haven't filled out the survey, we'd really appreciate you, you know, providing just some some additional feedback to what we heard today. Um, We're going to gather and and sort of, you know, see where we go next, and we'll certainly keep you all posted um, on that. We want to be transparent. We want this to be a group effort um, and not just the ideas of the six or seven of us. Um, And so keep an eye out for for an email in August, Uh, keep an eye out for, uh, you know, uh, the the social media blast uh, and... We just wish you all a a great summer. Thanks for a great year. The Peak Collaborative. Um, And, you know, I I think we can all be excited about the the happy hour something that's going to happen in Shape America. Um, It would be great to see you all in person and have a great summer.